In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. What is in a name? If I was to say a particular name to you, what would immediately come to your mind? Martin Luther King Jr. Jeffrey Dahmer. Saddam Hussein. Sandy Koufax. And on and on and on. What comes to a name? What does it mean? And what comes to your mind when you hear a name? My mom often had told me a story of when my when she and my grandparents came in through Ellis Island, they were displaced persons from Latvia after World War II. And as they came on through the boat in through Ellis Island, they had to have all their paperwork and medical records and everything else set in place and ready to go as they immigrated to this country. But word has it that my grandfather was really nervous about coming into the United States. Not because it was a new country to him, because there was a new language and a new way of living and so forth, but it was post-World War II and his name, his first name, was Adolf. <laughs> when he got off the boat, he said that his name was Ed. And that's how he went by it the rest of his life. Names have meaning. My first name, Kent, means bright as in the light reflecting off of my head. My middle name, Robert, means wise, which I'm certainly not, and my last name means sheep. It's German for sheep. So you might look at me today and say, well, you don't look like a glowing, wise sheep. We don't use names the way that we typically do in other things. My name does not mean what I do. And it's probably the same with you. Whatever the name that you were given by your parents or whatever it is, whether it's a family name or something else. But the truth be told, names do have meanings. And names do have consequences. Today is Holy Trinity Sunday. Yes, we get to stand for the creed which will take like 15 minutes with the Athanasian Creed. We get to confess that glorious confession of who the Holy Trinity is in just a few short moments. I'll let you be seated during that. But what does this mean? What does the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit mean? What does the Holy Trinity mean? What is it that we believe and confess concerning the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? Have you ever thought that? How can one plus one plus one equal one? How is it that we can simply say that they are three distinct persons, yet one God? This doesn't make any sense. And that's okay. That's fine. God is actually okay with that. Deuteronomy tells us that the secret things of God belong to our God and to him alone. The revealed things have belonged to us and to our children's children. There are certain things that God reveals to us that we are to know and to understand and to believe. There are other things that God does not reveal to us because we don't need to know it. What has God revealed in his law to you about your heart? What kind of name would we use for you today or for me if we could actually see what is in your heart of hearts? Would the name liar 
come to fruit, to the light? Would the name somebody who is lustful come to mind? Would the name cheater or stealer come to mind? Would the name angry or covetous come to mind? If God was going to really read your heart and say, I am going to name you for what you do, what would that name be? If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. I don't want to tell you my sins, and you don't want to tell me your sins. You don't want to identify as those sins because they're embarrassing, they're shameful, or whatever else it may be. But God nonetheless looks at us and says, this is who you are in my sight. And it disgusts him. It disgusts him when he looks at me and my heart, my sinful, wretched heart, what I have done and thought about and what I have said to other people. What kind of names are piled up on me as I stand as a sinner before the almighty and everlasting God of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. What kind of names do you stand before him with as well? You see, the Holy Trinity is not something that we can fully understand or grasp. It is simply something that we believe. And that's really what it means to confess this next creed that we're going to be talking about, the Athanasian Creed here, in a few short moments. It's not something that you're going to understand than the fact that his Co-majesty is equal. There's trinity and unity and unity in the trinity. Neither confusing the persons nor dividing the substance. You're going to look at all of this and you're going to completely gloss over and think, what kind of cupcakes are at the Olsen's reception? <laughs> Talk about a name. 60 years of marriage. And look at what the name of the Olsen's has brought about here today. Joy and happiness with their family. This is not about how much you can understand who God is. Even with all of these things, we are just simply saying, I believe this to be true. I believe this name to be true. And whenever we're talking about G-O-D, in G-O-D we trust, as Christians we are saying that we believe the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is the only true God. And just as we heard a few moments ago with the children, that name has actually been given to you in your baptism. My last name may mean sheep. Your last name may be Olson or Mayo or Lindemann or Weed or whatever else it might be. Whatever it is that your last name is, you come from different families, different backgrounds. You could probably do a DNA test and find all sorts of amazing things. But the beauty about what we have here today is that we come in with all of those names of the things that we do in our heart of hearts, all of those pet sins, all of those judgmental attitudes, all of those things where we cut each other down. We come into this place and God reminds us that we gather together in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that yes, we all like sheep have gone astray. Every last one of us, each to their own desires. And yet we are sinful and we stand before the God Almighty who created you as well as the heavens and the earth. And he will come again to judge 
the living and the dead, and what kind of name will he look upon with you? Will he say, depart from me, for I never knew you because you never wanted to know me? Or will he look at you and say, well done, good and faithful son. Well done, good and faithful daughter. Come receive the inheritance prepared for you since the foundation of the world. In the midst of all of our names, in the midst of all of our descriptions, our identities, and everything else that we talk about today, we come into this place with all of our baggage, all of our shame, our guilt, all of our sins that we could put around each other's names and everything else like that, and we wash it all away in the font where God's name was first placed upon you, where you were made a child of the Heavenly Father, where you were connected with Jesus' death and resurrection according to Romans 6. Every last one of you in here might come from different families, but you are now the familia Dei. That's a fancy Latin term for the family of God. You are one, holy, Christian and apostolic church. Not just here at 10.30 in the morning at Grace Lutheran Church in Little Rock, Arkansas, where the humidity is about unbearable, but throughout all time and all ages, you have been given this glorious and wondrous name of all of the saints who've gone on before you and who are in heaven and all of the saints who will come after us. That is the beauty of this name, that where the name of Jesus is, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, there is God locatable and present for you. Not to strike fear in you, not to look at you and say how bad and a terrible of a person you are. I mean, we do that ourselves already, don't we? But he comes to you to say, repent, repent of your ways. Repent of what's on your heart. Repent of the names that we could call you by the law of God and go back to the wondrous name that's been given to you in your baptism. Repent of your divisions. Repent of your judgmentalism. Repent of all of the things that you have said and done against each other in your community and even here in the church and look at each other as the family of God, brothers and sisters in Christ. That might sound all nice and happy and glorious and whatnot, but when you think about it as a family, do families always get along? No. Do families argue? Yes. Have families been divided? Yes. But when push comes to shove and when life meets up with death, family will come together and say, we are blood. We are blood and nothing will divide this family. It's the same thing for us. You have been washed with the precious blood of Jesus Christ, poured out for you freely from the cross to forgive you all of your sins. And despite our differences, our different names, our different attitudes and everything else, he unites us in a living faith around the Holy Trinity that we cannot explain or understand, but nonetheless we believe in and confess. We believe and confess and hold on to now because on the last day when he returns, we will rise again and we will give an account of what our confession has been. Not what you have done, but what our confession has been. 
I believe that God is the creator of heavens and the earth. I believe that Jesus Christ, his only son, is our savior and redeemer from sin. And I believe that the Holy Spirit has kept me in this faith now and forever. And on that day, that is where God will look upon you with great joy and admiration. And he will call you out of your tomb by your name. Child of God, son of God, daughter of God, rise and live. Come receive the inheritance, the family inheritance, prepared for you since the foundation of the world. To Christ alone be the glory forever and ever. Amen.